Huh. What can I watch for animation month that's sentimental and great animation and is heartfelt? Ah, your name. I'm going to watch it this time and I'm not going to cry. There's one thing I'm certain of. If we see each other, we'll definitely know right away. I wanted to tell you that wherever you are in the world, I swear that I'll find you again. <laughs> your name. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kerland, and we are kicking off Animation Month with the 2017 anime movie directed by Makoto Shinkai, Your Name. And my guest is... Mallory Saverin. And I've been trying to get you to watch this forever. Really? Yeah. I clear, I Well, you know, I have a terrible memory. But well, we've watched it now. I've seen it. What's the blockbuster rule? Uh, so I'm trying to think of the best, like a good snippet, but the thing that I comes to mind is like, oh wait, hold on, spoiler warning for anyone who has not seen this movie. Yeah, we're gonna get into major spoilers. Yes. Okay. Uh, continue. (laughs) Beautiful animation meets a crossover between The Lake House and Freaky Friday, and is a sweet story of two people who don't know each other and fall in love without ever having met. And there's a little Black Mirror thrown in there, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I thought Freaky Friday and The yeah. Lake House, because that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Cons- well, it, it's something that we've also never seen before. It's it's a boy and a girl switching bodies. Yes. It's not... Well, yeah. the movie Freaky came out, and then that was... Yes. Yes, it was. But, but Freaky came out after this, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Much after. Yeah. Three years after, actually. Yeah. And so for the longest time in Japan, I think it still is, this is the highest grossing movie in Japan. Really? It beats Spirited Away. Wow. Yeah. And this is also one of my top 10 favorite films of all time. Yeah. I cry Every time I watch I it. was, and I know you had said that to me beforehand, that you probably would cry. And I was like, really? Okay. And then you're sitting here and I look over and there's tears streaming down your face. And I'm like, am I supposed to be crying right now? No, because you're emotionally dead on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is, I mean, it's a, it's a very sweet movie, but it's definitely not the one that was going to make me no. tear up. No, if I was going to do that, I'd make you watch like Room or Lion yeah. or like, Something that has to do with, you know, involves a child and separation from their parents. <laughs> yeah. But that th- might do it. Maybe. Yeah. 
this one is so I told you that I was going to talk about the animation style because you're like the animation is gorgeous I'm watching I as soon as well even from when you showed me the trailer and then as soon as the movie opened I think I the first words out of my mouth was this is fucking gorgeous so what they did is it's a combination of three types of cinematography it's hand-drawn animation Mm -hmm. mixed with cgi okay and then they also they filmed stuff and took photos of real life locations in japan and tokyo that explains some things too. and they hand-drawn over it okay and then they they cgi'd over that hand-drawn because the the things that i was most blown away by was the way the door closes on the train and the way the, the floor of the train looked. I Every time I saw that, I was like, that is amazing. How the fuck did they do that? Or the the skyscapes. Yeah. The everything having to do with the comet was just absolutely gorgeous. That was hand-drawn. The comet was yeah, yeah. It's just so many things I kept seeing. I was just completely blown away by how it looked visually. It was so beautiful. So if you've never seen the movie Your Name, uh, this is one of Haley's and my favorite movie. We saw this like right before we got married. Like we were super stressed planning our wedding. Yeah. And we saw this movie and we're like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> but the premise is a boy named Taki and a girl named Mitsua. She lives in a, a fictional uh Japanese island called Itumori, which I believe is based on a combination of like Okinawa. Uh, Okinawa is the main influence, I think, mm-hmm. and some other smaller. Oh, it's supposed to be an island, like, like village. Oh, like, okay, I was gonna say I missed. I missed Okinawa, the whole island part. <laughs> Okinawa is like an island, right? But, that I know. Um, but it, it's heavily influenced by Okinawa and that area of mm-hmm. Japan, and he lives in Tokyo. Yeah, so the big city. Yeah. So um, she basically has this tradition in her family. Like, it's kind of like a curse. Like, because her her mom and her grandma, when they were around her age, swapped bodies with another person. I wonder if it's something to do with the firstborn female in the family goes through this process at a formative age. Yeah. As a way, like, it's like this... And it's something that they don't necessarily have control over. Right. It's part of their religion and whatnot, that this is what happens to the firstborn girl in every generation. And in like Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, the movie opens at the end of the movie mm-hmm. and then goes all the way back. Right. And also the opening credits of the movie tell the entire movie. Yeah. Now I can see that because I remember you had mentioned that when we were watching it. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was I mean, I was kind of based on what you told me about the movie itself. I was trying to watch it and kind of pick that up. So now that we've now that I've watched the whole thing, I can see that. Yeah. And so Taki is like really I mean, they hint that he's very aggressive and very like quick to anger and Mm -hmm. she's very She's softer. So he's the Clementine and she's the Joel. Right. <laughs> um, but like their relationship is so cute. It's the cutest. Thing. It's-, it's very sweet. It's very sweet. I mean, they start off not really understanding 
what's even happening, thinking it's a dream. Then they believe that it's actually happening and need to communicate with each other. And they start off fighting and then they start having an appreciation for each other's lives and kind of start improving it. Right. And then through that, they realize that they've gotten to know each other through living their lives and that they develop feelings that way. Also, I don't know if you picked up on this. She is older than him. Oh, she is? Yeah. That was the thing I was trying to figure out because he's living three years after. Here's the spoiler. I mean, the whole thing. They know. Yeah. So he's living three years. They're living in like a three year gap. Right. Of when they're switching. Right. I wasn't sure if they were in the same years in school. Or what the situation is. So I guess part of me thought that they were, they're the same age when they're switching. Yes. So I thought, I'm now, now so I'm he's this is like involving math. So they're both 17. Right. When they're switching. Right. But he's three years in the past. So. Oh, when- so then she'd be 20 at the same time he's 17. Right. I got it. Which they kind of hint at that with, with, uh, oh my God, uh, Miss Okadera. She's 20, so he clearly has a thing for women who are three years old. Apparently. Well, I mean, he falls in love with her when she is 17. Right. Taki falls in love with Mitsuha when he's... Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, when they're switching bodies, this also addresses the thing, like, that I know a lot of people would have questions. If you are a, you know, teenage girl and you wake up in the body of a teenage boy... First thing I'm doing is looking at my genitals. (laughs) That is the first... (laughs) That is the first thing I am doing. <laughs> number one. Task number one, I wake up in a boy's body. I'm examining the parts. Like, I mean, what else are you going to do? They do it in a comical way, but also... In a slightly kind of gross way. It's very gross. Because, like, she she ha- <laughs> she wakes up and she's like, I got to pee. And the first thing he does is he grabs his boobs. Yes. Which and- is very gross <laughs> it is gr- i think they could have done it in a more tasteful way because they because at first they were going for comedy they weren't right going, yeah. but talking like i think they could have done it in a comical way that got the point across without being somewhat weird i because like at first there's a shot where taki in mitsuha's body he's looking down and it's a little bit the just the way the shot is it's a little bit too I guess sexual ver like the just the shot is like I get what they were trying to do yeah. versus maybe him going up to the mirror to look at himself and maybe pulling the shirt we see him pull the shirt down and look and then like, freak out yeah. versus the constant groping because he did it again and again and again and even A the family last family picture yeah it's it was the it yeah was, this is PG yeah it's the groping thing that was the bizarre part not the fact that he's in a female body and wants to look at the parts. Right. It was the groping. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it gets uncomfortable. And it's even, and th- what's funny too, is that the movie ends up being self-aware towards the end because Mitsuha flips out at Taki when they finally kind of meet in the twilight or whatever. Yeah. Um, that she's like, you touched my boobies. Like she's uncomfortable with the fact that he had groped her. Which it's like, okay, he was technically in the body, but it's not actually her his body. I mean, it's very weird. I think they could have done it in a less gropey, gross kind of way, but still making it funny. 
Yeah, and also like, I think they do it better with her because they, they, they gloss over the fact that you know, she now is in his body, but like it's hinted at like, she examined. Yes, because she go, but it's again, it's hinted at, and you get the idea. I, but I'm saying yeah. it would have been better if that's what they did with it. Exactly. Yes, they I were agree. going for comedy, and then it kind of became offensive afterwards. Yes. Yes, and I think that that is the worst. Like the movie is very good, objectively speaking. Yeah. Um, Those scenes take away from the yes, actual story. It just the yeah. story is fucking beautiful. It's a it's a lovely story, though. I will say, I mean, I'm watching it. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to keep up with the switching and whatnot, and you know, I'm I'm riding all along, and then all of a sudden, boom! It turns out she's dead. Yeah, and I was like what because i'm like watching it and i'm like all right it's fine it's not you know it is what it is okay they're like blah 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 it's a cartoon yada yada it's anime uh, you know um i wasn't like getting into it into it because it was just they're switching and they're arg- like it just didn't feel like there was much to it and then all of a sudden it felt like that came out of nowhere because like oh my god they're three years apart her town had gotten hit by the piece of the comet or whatever and all of a sudden, it t- and you were literally telling that to me while I'm sitting here with my jaw on the floor, realizing what happened. And you're like, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, she's <laughs> fucking dead. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And then I was like glued to the screen because then yeah. I was like, mind You literally blown. told me to just shut up. I did multiple times. I was like, shut up. I'm watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, it definitely took a turn where suddenly I was completely drawn into it and glued to it i also love how they they touch upon the fact that you know when they're in each other's bodies people are like just find them so goddamn charming in different ways yeah like it's implied that in itsumori there aren't a lot of options for dating so then yeah it's a small dating pool i mean i think she that's actually a quote um that the dating pool is small right but but when when taki is her all of these people, you know, both male and female, just become so attracted to Mitsuha. Yeah. And then the the same thing happens with, with Mitsuha as Taki. Both his friend and Miss Okadera yeah. both start to have crushes on him. Yeah. And it just, it just also shows, like, how approachable both people are. But they're both very introverted. Yeah. They're so introverted. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a story of them coming out of their shells and it's, it's just so good. Makoto Shinkai, he's made other movies, but this one and his previous one that came out last year, it didn't get a ton of notice because of COVID Mm -hmm. weathering with you. Um, they basically are now in like this MCU type of universe where in weathering with you. Taki and Mitsuha show up at different points in the movie. Ooh. Yeah. Taki isn't it more like Mitsuha basically you find out what she does for a living. She runs a store. Okay. Where he literally his grandmother, who we don't see in this movie at all, um uh basically uh hires the two main characters of that movie and he is just he so happens to be there. Gotcha. And he has a conversation with them. And, but 
at the same time, it also is implied that it's like he still hasn't met Mitsuwa yet. Mm-hmm. So time gets messed with. So it's again. still within either the three or the no, it would be within the five year period. Yeah. So it's probably within like he's about to try and get a job. Okay. So like he hasn't met her yet. Like it, it's so he Makoto Shinkai messes with time so bad. Yeah. And like this movie. I've seen it like seven times now and I'm still catching stuff that I missed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the testament of like how good this movie is. In my opinion, you probably fucking hate it knowing you. I don't hate it. (laughs) I I liked it. I would say it's not my thing. Yeah. But I can recognize a good movie when I watch it, even though it's not for the most part. I mean, I won't get into a number of movies that you love that I think are terrible inherently, but I can recognize that are you talking about bill and ted no i'm talking about once upon a time in hollywood oh that movie sucked okay anyways we're not not doing this on air okay i swear to god (laughs) you're wrong (laughs) fucking wrong anyways um but i while it's not my thing per se it's a i mean it's beautiful visually it's a sweet story i mean Anything that's a love story isn't usually my thing. It's usually rare, and I usually have to be in the mood for something like that. Um, Because there are rare occasions where I'll get really into, like, a romantic movie or TV show, but they're few and far between, and I usually can only rarely ever go back to them. So this is sweet, but it's also not my kind of genre. You also made it very clear that the types of romance movies you like are, like, more darker ones, too. I like, I mean, I also like darker things anyways. Yeah, but my, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, like, that was a love story that you're like, okay, it gets... And this is the thing, too, is that I love movies that don't have happy endings. So you would have preferred for them... Or I love movies that have unhappy endings or dissatisfying endings. Right. So I would have loved it. I would have thought that this movie was, like, I think it's a good movie, but I think it would have been amazing. But it still we... has an open-ended... Hold on. Okay, jeez. Finish. There was a point where... I can't remember exactly when it was. Where he was on the... Maybe it was when Taki was on the mountain. And they start to forget their names or something. I All of the end with the five-year-later stuff. And you then wanted they... it to end with when he wakes up. Something like that. Something... Where there was an ending where you don't know if they ever find each other. Where maybe they both did have their names and it ends with them both going to seek each other out somehow. And it ends, it ends before we find out if they ever find each other. So you're left hoping that they do. Instead, you get this whole five-year thing. I think where... we needed the five-year thing, but I see where you're coming from. I think if in your world, it should have ended with them catching each other's eye on the the subway thing and then that credits. yes that would have been fine where they see each other and um the trains are passing and you see those expressions and that's where it ended because i love endings like that that aren't perfect they're left they leave you wanting more they leave you curious they leave you thinking i sometimes like endings that make me angry <laughs> um but i but you're right i do like I like darker movies with darker themes. Um, And this one is more, though, I mean, if we're talking about the relationship between Mitsuha and her father, I mean, talk about fucking dark. Well, okay, so that's one thing that I wanted to bring up. Like, they're trying to make you 
or make them relate to each other like hey Taki, your mom's dead. Mitsuwa, your mom's dead. Yeah. It's like, it's like, hey, these two. But the thing that might mess, it messes with me because I start thinking about it with this movie every time I watch it, is if her mom has a genetic thing where she dies from an illness or his mom also, it's implied that both parents died from cancer. Okay. Both moms. Yeah. They could both like finally meet each other, and then like a year later, they're both fucking dead. <laughs> I mean, that's also true. So, does that make you like the movie a little more? Not really, because <laughs> um, I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't even realize that his mom was dead. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. And if she was, obviously, I didn't even realize that, so I didn't know why. Um, but I will say that it is very easy to hate Mitsuha's dad because he's a dick. Yeah. There is no like as soon as they introduced him and he started yelling at her, you're like, fuck that guy. I literally he's like, stand up straight, Mitsuha. And I think I literally yelled at the screen. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. And even like so the first time I saw the the people who are like, he's so stern, even with his children. At first, I thought like they were like commending him like being like good job disciplining your kids watching it this time i realized they're like oh that poor fucking girl yeah because clearly she has a bastard of a father who is at least verbally abusive yeah and like he also just walks out on his kids when his wife dies he he's basically like no i don't want to raise these kids no more yeah like what a piece of shit you motherfucker your wife dies and you're not going to take care of your children and it's like that whole scene too it's like he's lost his fucking mind and then the grandmother's like children you're going to be coming to live with me and i'm like what the fuck fuck this piece of shit and then and then his quote-unquote daughter taki comes to him and yeah taki is in her body yeah that's why i say quote-unquote yes um and goes to mitsuha's dad to try to warn blah 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 and it turns out i didn't pick this up and you pointed it out it turns out that her dad is like in he was a he was a Shinto priest, right? So he's he a, ran the the shrine. So they're famous in town. Mitsuwa's family, not her dad's side, but her mom's side, is famous in town because they're ancestors of the the people who predicted like the comets, and they're basically like legacies, right? And they run a Shinto temple, and the father was one of the priests at the right. temple. So that means that he can tell that. Uh, there's someone else in Mitsuha's body and that it's not Mitsuha. So then when Taki tries to tell him what's going to happen, he's a dick about it and is like... And then... then Is awful. He's then Taki, awful. And then Taki attacks him and he's like, you're not my kid. Yeah, like this... Oh! And I was definitely not going to be upset if, you know, even though they tried to warn everybody and get everyone out i wasn't gonna be upset if if the stubborn dad ended up getting blown up by the fucking comet i wouldn't have been sad at all the comet just gets smaller and smaller and then just goes right through his i mean fucking (laughs) and he's the only one like there is literally nothing about that character that was interesting or redeeming or anything i was literally hoping that he would get killed because what a dick there's another like 
there's a throwaway character in this movie that I, I think you were feeling that way about too. The guy at the restaurant who is like, there's a toothpick. Oh, that motherfucker. That piece of shit who put a toothpick in his food to try to get a free meal and then took out a razor to slice the waitress's skirt. I mean, what the actual fuck? <laughs> And we never see that guy again. He just fucks off. Like, no, motherfucker. I hope he was in the town and he got blown up. Asshole. I don't think he was. I know, but still, I can dream. I can have <laughs> dreams. You just see him like being like, okay, I'm taking a vacation. Let's see how many free meals I can get out of Itumori. Exactly. <laughs> oh, look, a comet. Oh, look, it's a shooting star. But at that point, it's three years into the I future. know, but yeah. still, piece of shit. But I like the fact that Mitsuha in Taki's body is like, um, I don't think we she's immediately like i don't think we serve toothpicks here or i don't think we have toothpicks and like i appreciate the fact that she's this is like what her first day on this job first time they've switched she like totally you know doesn't know kind of what she's what's happening well okay they think it's a dream like in what dream would you actually have to go to school or go to work (laughs) though in most i mean no some people can do lucid dreaming but most people feel like, you know, at least when I've had dreams, I've never been able to lucid dream. Um, so I, I have a few times and I, I don't like it. <laughs> um, I've never done lucid dreaming. Um, but every time I'm in a dream, I feel like I'm making choices. But when I wake up, I know that I didn't like it was just some weird freaking dream. Um, so I wonder if that's what it felt to them that they feel as though they have control, but when they wake up, it feels like a dream again. So when they're in it, they don't really know what's happening. So they're just kind of going along with whatever's happening kind of to them because they don't realize they can have control over what's happening. Also, I don't know if you picked up on it, but it lets you know when they're in their own bodies, there's, there's a sign to let you know um she has her she has the the red thingy she has the headband oh i missed that and and when um he's himself he's got it on his wrist i missed that because every now and then i was kind of confused about who was where right um so i missed that but that makes sense because i remember the there was only one time i ever noticed him wearing the bracelet and it was when um they basically when what the comet had hit three years ago and because he or something like that. It's when he when he goes traveling to Itamori. That's right. So, so he goes traveling. That was the first time I even noticed that it was there. Because um, so basically when the movie starts with like Taki, don't you remember me? It's the the bracelet or the headband reaching out and he's grabbing it. Well, that part I remember to establish the lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. And with with that, like, the whole thing about lifelines in this movie and about time is not, you know, linear, that it's, like, almost nonlinear, cyclical. Yeah. And... Kind of like a loop, almost. Yeah. Like a looper. Um, you've never seen the movie Looper? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay, I got it. So, also, uh, Tashi... Too many people have names that sound a lot. Well, I like, but her friend Tashi, um, kind of predicts what's going on. Like it, it's uh, 
so, uh, consciousness from another time period mm. or a multiverse. Yeah. It's not a multiverse, but it is consciousness from another time period. And the one thing that they did that like I didn't really think was necessary is they try to imply that Tashi is in love with Mitsuwa. Which, I mean... A lot. I mean, I got that a lot. But then he ends up marrying the, the other little f- sister. No, not the little sister. That's their other friend. Oh. He marries the other friend. I don't know. I was getting very confused. Yeah. He marries the other friend. Because there's the one with the big braids and then there's the one with the little sister. Right? The one with the braids that like the Pippi Longstocking braids. That's the other friend. Right. And then the little sister has the cute little pigtails. Right. I got the friend and the sister mixed up yeah. every time I saw either so, of them. So, <laughs> Pip Pip Alada. Yeah. <laughs> Pippi Longstocking. So, yeah, their they're, they're Pippi friend um, is, is in love with him, but then teases him that he's in love with Mitsuo, which he clearly is. Yeah, and I think it would have made... And because... At the end, or end-ish, when Pippi Longstocking and what's-his-face... Tashi. Tashi are eating and they're talking about the wedding or whatever. At first, I thought that was Mitsuha. Right. And I thought it was gonna... Because I, you know, but I think if they had established that Tashi was just friends with Mitsuha, and maybe you could already see something happening with um, Pippi... um, Right. Well, whose name I don't know. Names. Yeah. Um then it would have made more sense, but it was clearly Tashi was completely in love with Mitsuha, which it, I thought was p- kind of pointless. Yeah. It cuz it didn't go anywhere. She doesn't end up with him and she right. doesn't feel the same way. And I think it would have been more interesting that she has these close friends who are willing to be like, "Oh, you say a comet's about to crash down and you want us to blow up a substation?" Sure. We're, we'll get on Two that. Two substations. <laughs> Two substations. Whatever. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll totally blow stuff up so that, you know, we can listen to your crazy story. That's fine. We're in on this. We're, you know, we're friends. Well, he we believes you. her right away because Lake Lake Itumori was formed by a comet. So, right. So he's like, yeah, this could possibly happen. And it was 1,200 years ago. We are due for. Yeah. And what I was saying to you when you rudely told me to shut the fuck well, up. Well, I was trying to watch it. Go on. <laughs> is that. From the design of the the two craters, if there was a either smaller meteor that hit later or a bigger one on the other side, it would have made a snowman. Yes. 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 By that point, I was glued in and you were still talking and I was like, shut up. <laughs> Though I was like that with... Um, Zodiac. Yeah, with Zodiac yeah. where you, got, you and Haley were talking and I got so into it and I was like, you need to stop talking. I am watching a movie. I am occupied. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, like with with both of their friends, they establish both of their friends and they also establish the potential love interest in Tashi and Miss Okadera. Like all of these people are good people. Yes. Like they're really kind, nice people. But then you feel bad for them. Like because if... Mitsuwa ended up with Tashi. That's not the end of the world. And if, you know, Taki ended up with Okadera, that's not the end of the world either. Right. Um, also, the way that they drew Miss Okadera, her face is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, she's, she's very, beautiful. very beautiful. Which, I mean, I think was the point is that you have this beautiful woman that 
it makes it easy to think that Taki would be interested in her. And then even once Mitsuha starts taking over, um, uh, she um, starts becoming more interested in, quote unquote, Taki. Right. Um, And... But ultimately, Taki's not interested in her. And I mean, I think the whole point with showing the juxtaposition is that you have someone who's interested in Taki and and she's so beautiful and it would be expected that they would be interested in each other and that would become a relationship. And I think they were trying, I guess, to do the same with Mitsuha and Tashi. I think it was more successful with Taki and Izokudera. Right. um, Because, you know, even she says to Taki, you know... I kind of thought that you had a crush on me, but you care about someone else, don't you? Right. And that was when Taki didn't even realize that he had feelings for Mitsuha. And then he realized that he does when she points it out to him. But I think it was less successful when it was Mitsuha and Tashi. Yeah. And with with the the difference between like Japanese culture and American culture, like how they honor the dead here and how they honor the dead in in japan is just miles different Mm -hmm. where like everything is sacred there and like they're more understanding because honestly if this was like an american movie which we're going to talk about because they're trying to make this and really they're trying to adapt it but i'll get there in 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 the few um but if this was an american version and he's mourning you know mitsua after she's dead they would have done like the friends tv show friends uh, type of thing where it's like oh no you're you're mourning let me sleep with you yeah you know i'm right like yes i do yeah oh you have grief i think sex will fix it yeah where thank god this is this is pg because like and they have honor yeah I'm sorry, but here in America, we're super horny. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, not that I'm super familiar with the Japanese culture, but I would think that it's, that they're more respectful of grief and of. They're also more respectful of the opposite sex because when he, when she is in Taki's body, because it's another woman, she just says Okadera because it's like one, one. Right. Versus Miss. Miss Okadera, it's like one girl to another. When, uh, when she is talking and meets his friends, she adds Mister. Right. Same thing, vice versa. Yeah. Like they're very respectful. Yeah. We do not have that here in America. We are so we horny. Do not have that. Everyone here in America is super horny. <laughs> and yeah, respect for the opposite sex, I think, could significantly be improved on right but uh anyways (laughs) isn't it weird that cartoon characters are teaching us how to be more respectful is it is it weird (laughs) maybe that's the only way we can learn but but like i'm so glad with how they're doing things now them trying to adapt this in in america Makoto Shinkai is all for it. He he's like, yeah, go ahead. Okay, is it gonna be a, a live action or yes? A... Okay. So, what he suggested is set it in Chicago because Chicago is most like Japan, is what he said. Okay. Because you have a big city and then you have smaller areas, yeah. and he he suggested doing it that it is an American boy who lives in Chicago and a girl who's native American who lives 
on a reservation. Oh, interesting. However, I don't know how... That was back when Mark Webb, the guy who directed 500 Days of Summer, mm-hmm. was going to make it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to do it now because the guy who directed Minari, the film that just came out, mm-hmm. that's getting nominated for all of these Oscars. It's got Steven Yeun from okay. Walking Dead. I mean, I know who he is. Okay. I- um, the guy who directed that is I would now- love it. So would Steven Yeun play the American but then they would have to i think the adult version probably but but oh that's right because they're teenagers yeah they they need to find teen actors that's right but like i don't know how they're gonna do it now but hopefully they don't fuck it up because another thing they're gonna have to keep the music is like a character in this movie yes the music which i wish they just kept the the rad yeah i wasn't original version yeah i wasn't a fan of listening to the American dub. Yeah, I just wasn't a fan of it. I would have preferred the original music. Even if I couldn't understand the words, I would have preferred an artist giving me the original music and I would have gotten a feeling from it instead of... Because I wasn't paying attention to the meaning of the English words anyways. Right. Because I'm watching the movie at the same time. And so I would have thought that it would have been better if it was just the original in Japanese. Because when you translate it, like the words have a different connotation <laughs> like yeah it was just and there were certain things that came that i heard that came out of nowhere and i'm like is that something that was lost in translation you mean like cracking open a can of soda yes <laughs> like what the fuck is that like an expression that's better in japanese when i go stop into a look from can of soda i dreamed of a word so far from here that's not on the map Like, I I don't know. Like, it's just, it was very, and I found it more distracting than it was adding to the, what I was watching. And the whole point of the music, the whole point of a lot of things when it comes to a film, especially animated, is that there's supposed to be a lot of things that are happening that you don't notice when it's done right. Right. Because you are so consumed with what's happening that you're not tuning in when the music starts and stops. You're not that instead the music is done well enough to um, produce an emotional reaction from you without you realizing that's what it's doing. But when you have a translated version of a Japanese song and you've got a line like opening a can of soda and you're like, and now I'm no longer in the movie. Now I'm confused. <laughs> and now I'm thinking wait, about wait, that. How, how does this have anything to, because the thing their their most popular song from this movie is Zen Zen Zen. Okay. Um, that's when they realize they're switching bodies in that guitar rift mm-hmm. and it's going through the fast up skyline of Japan. So that basically the wasn't as easy to translate. Mm-hmm. So that's why the song sounds better because most of the words that are Japanese translate to the Japanese here in America. So, right. So it flows better. Yeah. Where can of soda... <laughs> Yeah, it's just there's certain things that are going to be lost in translation. It's like even if I'm not going to know, even if I'm not going to understand the language, I would rather listen to the original version, the way it was originally intended by the 
people who originally made it. The Radwimps. Okay. That's what they're called. Yeah. yeah. But because it was just, I just don't think the translated version was as successful. Like, obviously, I'm glad to be watching a dubbed version, though I would have been fine if it was subtitled. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've seen both versions. So the dubbed version is good because of the performances of Michael uh, uh, Sint. Cur- I can't say his name. Sinterna. Sinterna class. That's his name. Michael. He's in tight. He's Dean Venture on um, the Venture Brothers and uh, Stephanie Shu. Um, Stephanie Shea. I'm butchering that name. I apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but their performances are so good. The performances in the original subtitle version are great, too. Sure. But he adds a Dean Venture. I'm just calling him Dean Venture. Adds a a like sensitivity as mitsua and a sensitivity as as taki yes i thought i thought it was very well done that i didn't find it distracting i found it you know when when taki is being voiced through mitsuha's body it it you get it it still sounds like like taki but but and then vice versa like i thought it was just very well done yeah, and I also like the fact that they didn't do, like, when it's in her head and she's thinking as Taki, I'm glad they didn't have Taki's voice and vice versa. Yeah. It's their voice because they're in that person's body. Right. And, like, they're just, the performances are so good. And how how adorable he is as Mitsuwa Taki it's is very, so yeah. cute. Very cute. <laughs> like, and... Like when her uh, Okadera's skirt gets torn and he's sewing it up mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, it's even cuter now. And he just goes, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> like it's so it's very adorable. I also love how his friends were like, I thought it was cuter the other day. <laughs> <laughs> like the the friends, his friends are like the stereotypical like dude bros. Like you have the smart one and then you have the like, hey, man, let's go to a fish concert. Yeah. And I mean, they did all like they also like all cornered him. Like, what did they say? The bro code? Oh, or okay. something? Yeah. So, so I that was they, the people he works. Okay, with. Okay, not necessarily his friends. Yeah, his, his friends are very supportive of him. Like, when his friend is worried about him, even though it's a chance to like go with Miss Okadera and him and Taki to Itumori, he still goes because he's worried about him. Yeah, and the other friend covers for him. I also love how the other friend is like, oh, you forgot your lunch? Okay, I'm going to steal a little bit of his and a little bit of mine, and we're going to make you a sandwich. Yeah, like they're good friends. Though it does crack me up that at least we don't really see um, uh, anyone picking up that Taki is going kind of cuckoo. Um, but we really see it with Mitsuha that um, the grandmother and the sister know something's off. Though I guess the grandmother can... I mean, she can tell because she's been point. through it herself. Right. But it's like it surprises me that there is no adult that gets in the scenario and is like, so maybe you should go to the hospital because you're having gaps in your memory and you're acting completely different. And maybe you have a brain tumor. Like, do th- So do you think that that's why her mom died? Because like it's implied that there was something that. um mitsua's grandma was supposed to do that she clearly did and accomplished and i think it's implied that (laughs) this is gonna sound so mean it's it's kind of implied that 
that Mitsuha's mom failed. Oh, Jesus. Like, like didn't accomplish it. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because when everything is righted and writes itself, everything disappears and people can't remember. When it's not righted, he still remembers. And yeah. the more he does to fix it and to write the comet, he starts losing his memory. Right. Which is causing not, you know, brain damage, I'll say. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm I'm wondering if like the mom failed and is still having these memories and that's what basically killed her. And basically it became a neurological issue where basically her brain tissue just disintegrated. Yeah, and put it on itself like a star. Jesus. Well, no, th- that sounds super dark, but there's literally a movie about it that came out this year. Really? With Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth as a, a couple. It's called oh. Supernova. And his he's going through a form of dementia where his brain is like a collapsed star and it's it's imploding in on yeah. itself. I mean, it's possible. I mean, there also could be some kind of mystical element considering. I think what I'm saying is that her mom turns out to be Stanley Tucci. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. I mean, it's it's altogether possible. I mean, we don't get, I mean, it's a theory. We don't get those details of exactly what happened. I mean, I feel like it's just a service for us to see that the dad is a dick. And because the mom's dead and the dad's a dick and doesn't want to take responsibility for his own children <laughs> oh, yes. because Such he's a piece of shit, uh, that now th- that's why the kids live with grandma. Right. And I, I love how everything is implied that it happened actually... I don't know if you picked it up in the the timeline of him. So as soon as Taki drinks the uh, sake mm-hmm. and basically goes through the evolution of Mitsuha being born, which that scene is fucking gorgeous. Yes. Yes, it is. It's beautiful. But it's... Imp- it remind me a little bit of Up. A little bit. <laughs> Just a smidgen. The first 10 minutes? Yeah. Up, yeah. So... In that scene, it's kind of implied that everything that happens to Mitsuha with, you know, the mom dying, it's implied that the mom died like two years ago or maybe like like right around when the movie starts. Yeah. And then like... Like not she, long before. Not long. And then she starts switching bodies with Taki. Like that's all in the same period, the mm-hmm. same time period. So it's it's crazy to think that everything happened like as soon as the mom died. Yeah, which is... I mean, yikes. Take that, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yikes. I mean, that's, you know. Okay, so your 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 mother passes away, your father abandons you, and now you're switching bodies. I mean, it's a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah. Because, like, do you think Makoto Shinkai saw a Disney movie and was like, I can make, I can make that. I, I, yes. t- I will raise you, Walt Disney. You have dead parents. I will raise you one. Yes, yes. Because I was definitely, I was going to say that, that it's like, all right, well, you've got a dead mom and a, another missing parent. It's like, all right, well, that's a recipe Disney does for success is that there always has to be at least one dead parent. Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you two dead parents. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Jeez. Also, the scene with um, Taki... So the last time Taki switches bodies with Mitsuha, the scene when they're walking with the grandma and he's in Taki's carrying the grandma oh, yeah. on his back. I, I was totally ready for um, Taki Misuha's body to like collapse or something. But I was also <laughs> like, I'm curious when the grandma actually realized that Mitsuha was, was actually Taki because... I thought it didn't happen until tor- when they got closer to the shrine. And that's when the grandmother realized. But I I'm think cu- you're right. 
Um, or was it, did she realize sooner? Cause I'm watching this happen and I'm like, why would the grandmother think that it's a, like, how often has Mitsuha offered to put her grandmother on her back? Because I feel like that's something that probably wouldn't have normally happened. Only the boy would do it in this. Right. right. And so it's like, why isn't the grandmother like, um, I'm not getting on your back. Like, why would I do that? That's very weird for you to ask me to do that. But, but that's what makes me think you know in retrospect that she knew the whole time she only reveals it at the shrine because maybe she has an inkling of what's coming yeah what needs to happen it it kind of reminded me of have you seen about time yes it reminded me of when like every time he goes back in time and the father's there and he knows yeah it reminded me of that yes i got what you're saying so i'm i do think that it's likely that the grandmother knew right away, which is why she's so calm about it with the sister freaking out and the grandmother's never worried, which would explain why the grandmother's not, not immediately like, let me look in your eyes just in case you might be possessed and, uh, you know, and make sure you don't have a brain tumor. Right. And why she's completely calm about the whole thing. So I would think she knew right away and just did and waited to reveal it to Taki at the right moment. Yeah. I mean, they also missed the perfect opportunity to play in your eyes as soon as. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I still, I still. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about the scene that makes me cry. <laughs> okay. I was, I was trying. I've, on, I've legit. Already... I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to, to, to bring that up without making me sound like such a wimp. Such I a... mean, you know, having emotions, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a perfectly natural, normal thing. She's saying this on mic, but she's going to make fun of me <laughs> as soon as this podcast I'm, is over. Well, no, it's like, it's, I, I can't. You're just going to go, me, I'm scared <laughs> and I'm crying. I can't, I guess I can't relate. There are certain things that will get me emotionally involved, but it doesn't happen frequently. So it's like, it's something I can't relate okay. to watching this and then getting emotional. about There's it. There's only five movies that genuinely make me cry. Yeah. This is one of them about time mm-hmm. when it's my son, my dad. Yeah. That gets me every fucking time. Green mile. When, okay. when, when John coffee is dying and he's singing heaven, I'm in, that gets me every fucking time. Mm-hmm. I'm crying now. Uh, like it's <laughs> killing me. And then, the other two times, I can't remember what movie it is. Um, Million Dollar Baby used to make me cry, but the more I saw it, it was like, no. They're, they're, I'm going to like text you at like midnight one night. <laughs> when you th- I, I figured it. it. <laughs> um, Forrest Gump used to make me cry. Really? When he would go to Jenny's grave. Okay. When when he would go, he's just so smart, Jenny. Yeah. Like that used to make me cry. But there's two movies and one of them oh bill and ted is one of them really when when they go to the future world and they're like idolized as gods because like the whole movie they thought they were dumb it's the whole like thinking you're dumb when you're actually yeah the savior like that gets me yeah and i can't remember what the fifth movie is i can't remember you'll remember it at some point i know it's driving me crazy it's because i keep switching bodies (laughs) Haley and i keep switching bodies every night that explains a lot but so the scene that makes me cry in this movie i kept on and for the record i kept on being like is this it scott is this it is this the one that makes you cry is this it and you're like wait (laughs) well you shut up it's coming (laughs) the scene so you thought and like 
any normal person would be crying during the scene. The scene where it's Mitsuha being born and it's like, go- yeah, that whole, I thought that whole sequence, because it seems like an it's emotional just gorgeous. thing. Because Up, while I didn't, I don't think oh, I. Up is the other movie that makes me cry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, because yeah. the opening sequence in Up, that whole thing, I was very moved by it. I don't, th- I think I maybe got a little misty, but I didn't cry, but I was very moved. Yeah, by I get it. misty. And then what makes me cry at the end of that scene and up is when he's just sitting alone in the funeral yeah. parlor. I'm like, it's fuck just, you. I think Pixar. it's just so beautifully done and it, it just pulls on your heartstrings. And so it made me feel emotional. And so that moment where, you know, it starts with her birth and that whole thing and you're going through it and seeing it all very quickly all at once evoked very similar feelings. So that's why I thought that was yeah. the moment. Um, but the actual moment. The actual moment is when they finally get to meet face to face at twilight. At, yeah. At magic hour. And like just how happy they are to see each other. And the, so I start getting teary eyed and like tears start going down my face when they're flirting and they're, she's basically yelling at him and he's apologizing for the boobies. Yeah. Can we stop with that? I can't. Okay. I bring that up because part, I, I wish they didn't add that in there because it completely ruined the moment for me. Yeah. I get why they did. And I, understand. well, that's when, that's when I stop like getting teary eyed. Like yeah. as soon as she says that I stop getting teary eyed. I was like, Oh yeah, he's, he's a teenage creep boy. Yeah. <laughs> but when I literally start crying is when he basically, she's writing on his hand. He already wrote on her hand. Yeah. And then she's about to write and the, pen just drops it's like oh it's like no it literally i think i got like little bits of when that happened i was not i was semi expecting it but i wasn't and because of just how it was done where it's all of a sudden it was just just a jump cut to the pen falling on the ground right my i got butterflies because i just thought it was so beautifully done and when i start crying is when he goes what i was going to tell you is that no matter where you go, where you are, I will find you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, it kills me. Like even talking about it now, like I'm starting to tear up. Yeah. And me, I, and see me, my brain goes to making a joke about how he's a stalker. <laughs> well, but, but like, it's implied that he doesn't want to be in a relationship. He doesn't want, he doesn't know how to love. He doesn't know how to feel because it's implied that like his dad, like his dad's not a bad dad. Yeah. Like her dad is. But his dad doesn't know how to be the parental figure. His dad's more like a roommate. Yeah. And also didn't teach his son how to handle things and how to, you know. Yeah. Well, it's tough, too. When you have a father who's maybe emotionally distant, even if they're not a bad dad, emotionally distant, you grow out without a mom. Like, you're not. And the single parent isn't doing enough to communicate you know how a relationship can be and how to develop emotionally and you miss all of that right you know the same thing with her too because you know it started off with neither of them wanted to be in a relationship i mean for her her mother died her father abandoned her you know so she's now left feeling as though but they're but then them basically finding someone that they can love and trust yes it heal it heals it's healing for them both right and the thing that should have happened when they finally meet each other again in the real world, mm-hmm. all of those memories should have come flooding back. Yeah. I would have liked that. Instead of the, 
I think I know you. I think I know you too. <laughs> yeah. Like those memories, basically that's when, you know, the elder gods or whoever they worship. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I wish that I wish it was like they, you know, they came together. And then as soon as they locked eyes, we suddenly saw a flash of all of these scenes. Yeah, it starts on his face. And then when it flashes and then it ends on back, hers. Yeah. And then all, and then maybe they run to each other and that's where it cuts. <laughs> and then they just start making out. Yeah. Well, I assume that is what happened. I just figured. I think they're just too polite. <laughs> Probably. But like that that's the thing. Like th- this is a movie where they're so charming and like they act the way normal people do. Like teenage boys are, you know, shy and stupid and horny and teenage girls are very sweet. <laughs> To an extent, yeah. Yes. And And, again, we also, though, have cultural differences as well. So what I was waiting to to talk about on the the podcast, you asked, what the hell does he he mean by no dialect? Oh, yeah. There was something. There was a translation that came up that I didn't. It's because he's from Tokyo and she's from a small town in japan oh okay and it's a special dialect in that small town it's like how basically when people say and this isn't true that like i if i go to like a different city or country they're like oh yeah you have a boston accent i'm like no i no i don't charlene well it's also i (laughs) mean there are also different dialects i mean there's different dialects within a language yeah which i get but when it popped up i didn't understand the concept at first so right. now i get it thank you yes and like even he says she's out in the boonies <laughs> like, yes which i when he said out in the boonies i was like that's such an american way to say it it's like wait so is she from southie <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, right what shore yeah. north shore south shore charlene <laughs> <laughs> though i i um i sympathize with her of the feeling of growing up in a small town. Because I feel like I grew up in a small town and I used to call it the boonies because, you know, you had to drive 50 minutes to get to a grocery store. So you're just so out. a small town girl living in a lonely world. Get out. This is my house. I don't care. Um, so I, I sympathize with the idea of feeling stuck in a small town where there's not a lot to do. There's no cafe. How dare they? There's no cafe. Town I grew up in, we had a coffee shop. Yeah, we had a coffee we shop. We had too. the one. Yeah. Um, and though we did have a movie theater. So our our movie theater basically got torn down when they opened up a bigger movie theater in the next town over. Oh my god, that's and, so sad. And it pissed me off because every, everyone's like, "Oh, you're such a movie buff. You should like the bigger movie theater opening up because like bigger movies." I'm like, "No, the smaller theater Got the big movies, but it also got smaller movies. Like, how the hell am I supposed to see Bridges of Madison County now? Yeah. Well, that's actually a big movie, but like Clerks or some sort of indie movie. I'm like, no, now I have to go all the way to fucking Waltham. Yeah. But I did. I did. I do appreciate that feeling of being in a small town. And there's not much to do and you feel limited. And, you know, what I find interesting, too, is that she dreams of wanting to be uh, uh, she hopes one day to be in Tokyo. She wants to get out of the small town and she got her dreams anyways, because that was her dream. And 
he and Taki finds her later. They find each other and she's clearly living in Tokyo. Yeah. So she got what she wanted eventually. It wasn't everything she wanted because she kept on searching for Taki, even though she didn't realize because her memory was all messed up. Yes. But it is very it, it. That's the thing that I think a lot of people can relate to is growing up in a small town, feeling trapped by that feeling, you know, stuck, even though, you know, she's a teenager and, you know, most teenagers don't know shit about anything. Um, just that feeling of wanting to get out of you know what feels like a small limiting life right and to go do something bigger yeah because so i think he wanted the small town and she wanted the big town yeah well i think that's why they end up swapping is that he's looking for something that has more meaning that he can't get from a big city yeah because he gets very into he thrives yeah he does really well particularly he gets very engrossed in the shinto traditions and everything and he builds the the little cafe for pippy right so he you know they're both missing that part like he's wanting to feel more part of a community and feel more you know like he has something that feels homey and and that kind of thing and she's wanting to kind of spread her wings and they both get that when they're swapping bodies and so that's like they kind of have an idea of what they want and he even explains that when he's going on his job interviews about why he wants to be an architect and what he wants to do but he can't put it in words right he can't under he doesn't understand why because he can't remember itumori right so like he wants to basically bring itumori to the big city yeah to tokyo but then like they hear that that and they're like we don't fucking like that's not what we're we need buildings like that's not (laughs) what we're looking for yeah because he wants to build like gardens and landscapes yeah like he wants to be that type of architect yeah have you noticed that like in every coming of age story whether it's live action or in this the person who grows up he becomes an architect like yes the the number one job that they give like men in their 20s and 30s whether it's an 80s or 90s movie they're an architect do you know how hard it is? Yes. There's a be- reason why I'm not an architect. Yeah, it, it's so hard. But- well, and also competitive. I mean, wh- to make money as a, like you're probably, if you're doing like, if you have your own architecture business, chances are you're helping build, you're consulting on a lot of smaller construction projects, like home developments and things like that, or home renovation projects. Or making malls or strip malls. Well, right. Malls in the 80s and the, 90s. The, the number of architects there are making big fucking buildings. Yeah. Like, small. Yeah, you're not going to... Super competitive, super elite. So it's kind of funny that, like you said, all of the coming coming of age... <laughs> guys are all they're all in a pool together well it's not just guys because i was watching so i i showed Haley father of the bride for the first time mm-hmm. and i totally forgot that the daughter is an architect oh yeah and then like uh what's his name the guy who she's marrying uh brian is like yeah and she'll she'll design our house and build all of these buildings i'm like she she'll design the house but she's not going to be building like giant buildings like you said yeah she's gonna be probably meeting like joe renovation in his house and being like listen you can't take this out because this is a structural beam if anything she'll (laughs) she'll basically get a deal with hgtv and be working on like fixer upper shows right she's gonna be working with chip and joanna Gaines. right (laughs) it must be something where the idea of being an architect 
conceptually, not the reality of being and living and working as an actual architect. The idea of it, that you are designing and creating spaces for people to live and work in is kind of like this grand idea where as an architect, like to be an architect, you have to be intelligent. Right. You have to be um, able to be creative. Um, so it covers kind of those skills. So you know something about this person already by knowing that this is the field they've chosen. And also the idea that they want to build and make things that are big is kind of like it's this more conceptual idea of how an architect's brain works when the reality is of being an architect is probably not quite as idealized as and they don't really they make it seem they don't focus on that in this it's like, kind of a throwaway thing because like he can he can draw really well that's all we know about right him. like we see kind of the desk in his bedroom the architect's desk mm-hmm. but it looks more like an an animator's desk i would have thought considering how he did all of this research into the town um i forgot the name it's it, uh, itamori itamori considering he did all this research of the town he found photos of the town that looked like what he remembered he put this drawing together i think it would have suited him more to become some kind of historian or artist of some kind yeah and i think that would have made more sense instead they just like well he'll be an architect and he wants to basically bring itamori to the big city see if he was an artist like the way that they could have had them meet sooner is that he just started painting the town over and over or yeah and and she goes to the 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 showcase at the art show or whatever right and you know sees it and then basically they end up you know getting married and you know right Versus them meeting, seeing each other randomly on the train, and then they randomly manage to find each other because the likelihood of that happening in a city um, is so slim. I mean, I get, you know, it's the movie, so it's going to happen, but it would have made more sense if he becomes an, he's doing well as an artist and he's constantly painting these things. And part of it is because this is what he loves to do, but also because he paints the same things because he feels like he's searching for something, hoping that painting certain things about the town and about the, um, about the comet and all these things are going to help fill the, part of the mitsuha hole that's missing right and then yeah and then she also if he was drawing her face and didn't know why right or kind some... of like in 50 first dates when she starts yeah, dr- yeah exactly something like that where she sees a pamphlet for it or she sees a poster or something and it looks familiar and she recognizes something in it and she decides to go and then all of a sudden they're there in the same place and they turn a corner it, it would have made much more sense and been more believable yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> that that's what they could do with the the remake one yes i'm curious what they'll do with the remake of how they'll cast people because i hope you know um I get the concept of having it be Native American and the Mitsuha is the Native American one and it'll be some kind of Native but American even tradition. Here, here in America, we are still heavily influenced with like Japanese architecture and, you know, yeah. and basically I think that that would be, stick with that. I would rather see two Japanese American actors. Yeah, actors playing Japanese American people. It's still set in Chicago, but um, you know, it could still be a very similar story, you know, but with Japanese I would rather watch that movie. Yeah. 
than, I mean, you know, hey, Native American characters, great. Keep that in there. But. Well, you can you make one live on the reservation. Make, make the Mitsua role Native American. But keep Taki Taki. Yeah, I would just, I would want, I would still, if you're going to take a Japanese animated film and make it American, we're a melting pot. Yeah. So have, have the main character. I want diversity. Be, yes. Diversity, I, don't, I think, is what you're trying to I say. I don't, I don't want a, just another I don't want white Finn, dude. I don't want Finn Wolfhard and Sophia Lillis. It's just not interesting to I me. I don't need the, the cast of, you know, Stranger Things or It. Yeah, it's just like, it's not, I would rather see a Japanese story, you know, adapted for an American audience by having it set in America and maybe some adaptations, obviously, because, you know, we don't, most schools here don't have uniforms unless it's private. Um, But, you know, and the small town, it would be a different type of story or whatever, or if it's on a reservation, I just don't. Or you can still set the movie in Japan. Yeah, like I just, I just don't, I'm just not interested in just a run of the mill, like the white dude main character. (laughs) Like, but I'm over at, it. at the same time, like, I don't want them to remake this because I love this movie so much. Yeah, I mean, and there are certain things. So in this movie, I love when they do the the time going by with the, the music and the fast. Everything's moving fast. Yeah, that I'm fine with. But when they do that in live action films with like time going by and everything's sped up mm-hmm. in live action animation or live action films, not live action animation. What the <laughs> fuck's wrong with me? Um I hate it. I hate when it's like, it just doesn't feel right. When it's in the movie, awesome. If it's animated, fantastic. Yeah, well, they'd have to do a lot of things to make it adaptable for a live action. And and I think a lot of the beauty of this film will be lost. Oh, yeah. Because so much of it is from the visual storytelling that is going to be... nothing from Ghost in Shell. I mean, I haven't seen that movie. That's the one where they took the anime and they casted Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. That's what I'm not interested in seeing. Don't want that. No. No. Um, I am curious about what they would do for the live action. But again, I mean, the first thing I the thing that I'm going to that's going to stay with me about this movie the most is the beauty of the animation. That's the thing that I'm going to take away from it. And I think it's that's the biggest thing that's going to be lost in a live action unless they make it more of a fantastical kind of well i think i think the director they got to make it is the right choice okay lee isaac chung okay yeah so basically getting the guy who directed minari to make this movie is the right choice Mm -hmm. um i i still don't know i'm trying to see if they have any more information on this movie okay because on the live action one yes on what what they're gonna do yeah so it says it's his next movie so drama fantasy live action remake of the 2016 oh yeah in japan this came out in 2016 it came okay. out in america in 2017 gotcha about two strangers who mysteriously swap bodies um they even have like directed by lee isaac chung mark webb original director that means he uh, got fired Ooh. <laughs> um I assume they don't have a cast or anything. No, they don't have anyone. Uh, So it says the distributors of the original film, Your Name, um, personally requested that the remake be set through an American point of view, resulting in changes in the setting, such as Tokyo being changed to Chicago and rural Japan, Japan, 
uh, being switched to a Native American countryside. Yeah. That's the only information that we have on this film. And I I don't know. I think I think uh getting the director of Minari to make this movie is the right choice. But also how about let's not have a male director like Chloe Zhao who made Nomad Land and she just made um uh the MC mo- movie MCU movie The Eternals. Maybe she could take a crack at yeah. this. Like she is a gifted director and as you said before, diversity. Yeah. Well, it's just I just don't want some you know, white American kid swapping bodies with a Native American. I don't there's something that makes me a little icky about it and I would rather see, you know what I mean? Like just Well, see also, the other thing they could do is if they're going to they can make it an American girl living in Chicago and a boy living. Well, it's not it's not necessarily the gender per se. It's it's just, you know, the, you know, a white person swapping bodies with the Native American. It's just the whole thing. Like, I don't know. I would rather see a different type of story, I right. guess, that doesn't involve any. Because I feel like I feel like in this story, there's so much they're part of the same Japanese culture. Right. Versus, a, a, you know, a white American and, and a Native American. They're different cultures. And I'm all for melding cultures, but there's part of it that just doesn't. I can't quite put it into words. It's just not the story I'm I think I don't necessarily think that does service to the original story. Right. You know, I would rather see. Either a melding of different... I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what I'm looking for. It's just not necessarily the story I'm interested in. Yeah. Once again, as I said before, this movie is going to be impossible to adapt. In in my opinion, this movie is probably an unfilmable movie in live action. I just think that it's going to be... Like, if this movie is at, let's say, I don't know. Let's say this movie is at like 100%, you know. I mean, I feel look like, at the tomato meter. It's 98% yeah, I feel from like, both audiences and critics. Yeah, I feel like a live action movie is going to take it down to like, it's going to water it down to like 40% and of a movie. And then you're going to end up hating the original. Yeah, because they'll ruin it. <laughs> that's why, like, that's why I don't watch the sequel to The Sting. They made a, a really bad sequel to The yeah. Sting. And I don't watch it. Yeah. Because, because it'll make you hate the first one. It will one. make me hate the first one. Because yeah. it also does all of the things that aren't present in the original one. Like, the, the cinematography in the sequel to the Sting sequel is just bad. It looks like an 80s movie. Where in the original The Sting, they made it look like a film in that time period mm-hmm. of the 1920s, 1930s. It, it looks like a 1930s film. They even used the original logo of yeah. Universal. The sequel is basically just... A money grab? Yeah. And it tanked, so thank God for that. Well, this is what I... I mean, I feel like... Not that this is a Disney movie, but I feel so much that the live-action Disney movies that have all been coming out are money grabs, and they're not inherently good movies. And I don't know what studio was even going to be producing this, because this comes from the anime studio Funimation. Okay. Like... That's technically like an independent branch. They they don't they're not a production company. So 
what I'm worried about is the studios that who are going to be making this are, you know, Fox, which I think that's who it is, which is Disney now. Yeah. Or Universal, and I really don't need them putting a Fast and Furious car chase. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just don't. <laughs> hey, Tucky. I just you don't want a family. <laughs> I just don't want another poorly adapted animated movie to live action that is really for a money grab where the people who where there are so many lost opportunities to make a new and interesting movie I think you I think if you're gonna do this as a live action you use this more as inspiration than making a simple copy and paste live action version because I think that's where a lot of live action adaptations have failed is they do it for a money grab and they don't change the story to make it make more sense as live action and they don't change it enough to make it new and interesting. I don't want a carbon copy, which is why, you know, it's just, you know, it just doesn't that, make that's sense. That's why to me. I, I feel like the, the new versions or sequels that Denis Villeneuve makes, he made Blade Runner 2049. Okay. I haven't seen it, but okay. I know what you're talking about. But like, basically he, the studio was like, so you're going to make us like a ton of money and, and make us a Blade Runner movie that everyone's going to love. And he's like, uh, yeah, just give me the money. And then he made like a three hour long movie that fans loved, but no one saw. <laughs> and, and it's because people found out this is three and a half hours long. Like, I don't yeah, I, I don't want to sit through that. Right. Where he also is doing that with Dune. Okay. So like you need a director like that who's going to be like, yeah, give me the money. Don't worry about it. You're thinking about it. Don't think about it. Yeah. I'll give you something good. Doesn't mean people are going to go see it. <laughs> like this. Like no one saw this in theaters. Yeah. This did well outside. So is there anything we missed? I don't think so. I think we've gone through the whole thing pretty much. How many bagels? I'm, I'm going to go from an objective standpoint mm-hmm. and not from, you know, how much I like it <laughs> because it's not my kind of I thing. I feel like that shots fired at me. <laughs> it's not, it's just, it's just not my thing. It's not a movie I would reach for. It's not a movie. And it's probably not a movie. I'm going to be like, Oh, I definitely want to watch that again. Cause it's just not my, it's just not my ball of wax, you know? Yeah. Um, but objectively speaking, I'm going to give it a 10. Okay. I'm I why why are you taking 10 or 11 maybe 10 or 11 I mean the whole focus on the boob grabbing yeah that's why that's why I'm taking out I'm giving it 12 I'm taking it off a bagel for that yeah and I think I think certain things could have been ironed out and I think the ending wasn't the satisfying ending that I was hoping for I feel like the ending could have been done better this is going to be the most film snobby thing you're going to hear me say okay the ending felt more cohesive and better watching it on the big screen (laughs) interesting okay yeah you're a snob but all right (laughs) hey you admitted it first so i was saying i'm trying not to sound like a film snob. no i know i i get it i will say there are certain movies that i don't want to watch again that i loved in theaters but watching it on a small screen, it just doesn't feel the same. Also, watching all of like the hand-drawn animation scenes and like the building scenes on a big screen. I mean, this... you're going to get so much more detail. Yeah, it's it's fucking gorgeous. I mean, I get it. And I mean, the animation was absolutely gorgeous. I would probably be even more amazed watching it on a big screen and, you know, sitting in a big dark theater and, and watching it. Maybe I would feel 
for, a bit differently. I, but. I think it still is. But for the longest time, the background on my laptop was the image of um, Taki watching the meteors fall mm-hmm. in, in, in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Like that it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Also, when you think about... An, you know what? I'll give it 11 because there's one one thing that uh, I'll t- I'm taking another bagel off. When you realize that basically everyone was horribly murdered halfway through the movie, like the image of just all of these people that you learn to love, like Tashi and Mitsua and their families, just being horribly murdered gets me so sick in my stomach. I don't like. I don't think of them as being murdered. They were tragically killed. They were horribly killed by... Would you want rubble to fall on you? Do you want a fucking asteroid to... Of course not. I actually... That was something that like made me like the movie because it made it interesting to me because it took a turn I wasn't expecting. No, the expecting. twist... I'm fine with the twist. But like just... I just had the image of these very nice people... Basically having hellfire rained <laughs> like that. That's like oh, that, that that gets me right in my tummy. Yeah, but it give it, but without it, the story wouldn't have the same emotional weight. No, yeah, shut up. So it's, <laughs> it's an important plot device. Okay, I'm trying to argue to help you get, add another bagel back. It's fine. <sighs> fine. It's fine. Twelve. Hey, it's in your top ten. I'm just assisting. Well, yeah, I mean. So is coming to America, but that's not a perfect dozen. <laughs> I know. So is Bill and Ted. That's yeah. not a perfect dozen. I got to go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, incriminate myself. <laughs> All right. So thank you for doing this. My pleasure. Anytime. Um, if you want to follow us, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. And check out my other podcast, Tell Us Musical. We're on the Zero Science Network, and we have a Twitter and Instagram, and hopefully at this point, when we're recording, we're totally not recording in the past, and I'm releasing this in May. (laughs) Uh, By this time, hopefully we have a Facebook page and an email. So until next time, Mallory, thanks for doing this. My pleasure. I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye.